Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. everyone, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast channel and welcome back to Canny Chatter. It's been way too long. We did miss the Christmas special. That's my fault because I was a little bit ill over Christmas, but we'll not start things in a bad tone. Welcome to, we're going to call this season two because I've lost count. So it's episode one of season two of Canny Chatter. Um, I'm Scott. <laughs> I'm your host for this one. And I'm joined this week by Joe, Ian, and special guest Chris, because uh, Harry's a little under the weather, so Chris is stepping in. Boys, it's good to be back. Good to see everybody. Joe, how have you been? Isn't mate? it really good, mate? Really good. I'm looking forward to chatting all sorts with you lads. Miss Granny Chatter. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, brilliant to be here. And welcome, Chris. Um, always lovely to see you on the best show of Gallagher Shots. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Wow. Thanks, Chris. Um, Ian, <laughs> how are you doing, mate? Uh, other than a burned roof of my mouth, you know, when you eat eat hot food and it burns pizza. the roof of your mouth. Was it pizza by any chance? It was pasta. It was pasta this time. Oh, I know, but I was too hungry. Um, but other than that, yeah, really good. Um, in the entirety that we've done, the last canny chatter, haven't really watched or done much. So this is going to be a great episode to kick off season two. Yeah, brilliant. Starts with me to go on. Chris, mate, welcome back. I think this is your second appearance on Canny Chatter. How does it feel? That's great, mate. I'm on route for a hat right now. Do you just give away match balls on that? It's not Saturday, I am. Calm down. Oh, no. Sorry, then. Go back to the Monday Night Show, past will or something in the post. Yeah, Bring back, bring back extra time. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, mate. Well, I'm, I'm doing well. Do, do we still do a part where we tell everybody what we've been doing the last couple of weeks and that? Are we still doing well, this? That's a great yeah, exactly. Ian's right? already forfeited it. He's done fuck do, so. No, I've, I was just kidding. I've with... actually done stuff. Why don't you get us started, Chris? What have you been watching, playing, listening to, reading, well. writing, drawing? <laughs> well, I've gone back in time. <laughs> I've restarted to rewatch Prison Break. Um, I'd watch it the first time around. Um, so me and Amy decided that would would watch it again and go right the way through because I'd never watched season five because it just starts getting a bit crap after season three. But to be fair, halfway through season three gets a bit shite. Um, we've done it. We've made it to the end of season four and we have gave up again because it is literally the worst. And Doesn't he get out at the end of season one or something? Oh, he gets yeah. out of four prisons, man. Oh God! Just turns into, I've not watched it, so and I don't know. But just my favorite scene, as as a man that that's covered in tattoos, like Michael Schofield, covered head to toe in tattoos. There is one episode where he's working for the government, allegedly, and they laser off all his tattoos in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's amazing. Stunning technology. He's just wearing mm. tights for the rest of the season. Is he just on his arms and that? So no, so so they just laser, just like laser them off because he doesn't have them in real life. He's got them as part of the show, so the the, oh, okay. the laser them off. So I thought, well, shall he just put a long sleeve t shirt on him for the rest of the seasons, <laughs> like, and that's it? Then you're done. But no, they, they had this plan where they're going to laser every inch of his skin and burn him to a crisp. Wow, wow! Because laser tat- yeah, when you say laser tattoo re- removal, it still leaves the bumps. Yeah, on the skin, doesn't it? Like it's not yeah. like it's fully. It's, it's a he's going to end up having process. arms like the roof of Ian's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I've been watching. Um, Playing-wise, um, I got Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy when I first got my PlayStation and didn't really touch it. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been hammering that. Um, yeah. I think I've Is done it any good? The wrong... well, yeah, it's great, but I think I've done everything the wrong way around. I just wanted to explore the map. But 
looking back, you're supposed to do a few missions first of all, so you can get like your broomstick and learn how to fly. And I'm, I'm just walking around the joint. Awesome. You've just been doing your DAV in, in and around right. Hogwarts, are you? I've just uh, been walking around the, the deadly forest and that. He's like, he's like, you know what it is? Hogwarts, doesn't he? He doesn't, he doesn't have any magical weird. powers. He just he's come from another school. He's having to walk around. So, like, it sounds like a good game and I'd be like well up to play it, but you can't talk about Harry Potter without sounding like an absolute geek. Dragon. Right. I mean, I love the films. Like I used to have the Harry Potter games and stuff. I want the Harry Potter legacy game for me PlayStation 5, but I just feel like you can't mention Harry Potter without sounding like a little a little virgin. <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd done. Well, sorry, Chris. So, sorry, Chris. You sound I've like a virgin. Um, I, I fell for something the idea. I, I, I clicked on something absolutely clickbait, and I fell for it. And it was like, you can do this in in Hogwarts Legacy. So, I'm looking like, yeah, that's mint. I can't wait to go back on it. Then I started reading the comment section after I wasted five minutes of my life, and they read, yeah, you can't do that. That that's just modded. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, man. Bye. <laughs> that's been my life, Scott. Wow. Well, thanks for insight. and thanks Ian for probably making half of our listeners, all six of them, um, turning off by calling them all geeks and nerds. Because I guess there's probably a few Harry Potter fans out there. You know, I've um, just I literally just said I love the film, so put me in that category as well. I think I, I, I think know. I mentioned this before, but when I was a kid, I came second in a national competition. I was going to say you Harry you look like Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, I I get that all the time, although my last very much says otherwise. Although it's, I think it's just the eyebrows. I don't know. I, I kind of see it, but I also kind of don't. Just the eyebrows. <laughs> you look like eyebrows. Harry Potter in the eyebrow. You've got Just the, the scar. I can see eyebrows actually... to do it. Yeah. And you got a scar going through oh, his eyebrows. I don't know. I've actually never seen or watched a Harry Potter. Um, Buy some round glasses next time you come on. Okay. Right. You, you want me to fancy dress as Harry Potter? Okay. Because yeah. that's going to work great for the it's audio. Ian's fantasy. Or audio or audio only. I'll just do on the next no, preview. No. So one of the misses is fantasy. So when I first met her, she was like, oh, who's your celebrity crush? <laughs> this is where we're going now, is it? This is where we're going. <laughs> um, what have you been watching, Ian? <laughs> so one of them was, was Johnny Depp, which I've made peace with, which although she's got like a, a Captain Jack Sparrow tattoo on her shin, so it's like we we'll always have a threesome and stuff. And then... The other one was Voldemort. That was a that was a celebrity crush, and it's like I, she hasn't like asked us to wear a bald cap and a cloak yet. But like, I just think like, how's Voldemort sexy? He's got no nose. I saw Ralph Fiennes. I saw Ralph Fiennes do Macbeth recently. Actually, he was very good. But uh, yeah, Voldemort was an interesting one. Wait, also, I mean, are we talking? Are we talking Ralph Fiennes Voldemort, or we're talking on the back of Quirrell's head Voldemort? Well, I don't know, but this is this is one thing I've always like wanted to bring up. In the first film, on the back of his head, he's got a nose, yeah. and when he when he dies and comes out, his his little skull thing has a nose. But then the rest of the films, he doesn't. It's like a skull yeah, because uh, it got, 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 got recast. I think um, all yeah, that. I think when they did the remastered, they put the new version of Voldemort on the back of his head, didn't they? Not like Palpatine in Star Wars. Palpatine in the originals looked like some absolute freak of nature, and then no? Okay. I've got to say, I've never never really been into Star Wars. Next week on Spells and Lightsabers, we'll be talking about Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably only thing play I know Quidditch, about, you know. Only thing I know about Harry Potter. How can you probably play Quidditch? Like, well, obviously you can't. Why, you had a Quidditch side. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. University teams had Quidditch teams. Uh, universities like, had Quidditch teams. Yeah, not, oh. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. The, the walk around with Pretty brooms, much. though. Oh, well. Virgins. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ian, I may as well come with you. Have you been watching any more Harry Potter? <laughs> uh, no, I've been watching something a bit cooler than Harry Potter, like Gladiators. Like, obviously yeah. that returned. Because I know that they brought out, I think it was, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was on Sky 1, they brought out like a remastered version of, of Gladiators, but they changed it. Um, I think they changed the theme tune and everything. Like, it just wasn't great. And But this one is like, it's like, the identical to the one that was in the 90s but obviously it's like got a bit of a modern twist and it's just the absolute best and i was i was actually i was on about it at work yesterday and everyone was someone was like oh do they still have the referee and i was like he's probably dead now john anderson he's still alive and kicking but he's 92 imagine him being wheeled out like probably all them protein shakes he was drinking he's nicking them off the gladiators back in the 90s 
But um, yeah, that's that's really really good. The only thing I'm not a big fan of Bradley Walsh, um, so he spoils it a little bit. I just say his son has the personality of a plank of wood. His son is living off his dad's fame. Oh, 100 percent. Like yeah, no personality at all. Combo, I thought Bradley Walsh the, really wanted Bradley Walsh to do this and they went. Bradley's gone, oh, actually, I'm only going to do it if I if my son tags along. And I think that's what's Probably. happened. Yeah. I think well, I don't like happened. either of them either. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, I think we only had two episodes. But, um, like, I was because I had Joey on Saturday night and I was showing him, like, that this is what I used to watch when I was your age. He was just like, but he loved Ninja Warrior. And then he, he got really into it. But I've watched that. And then everyone was on about the traitors on BBC as well. Mm. Um, first couple, of, like, I didn't watch the first series. I started watching the second series. The first couple of episodes, I was just like, this is a bit dull. Nothing's happening. And then it all just kicks off, and I've been absolutely hooked. Like it's one of the best like TV shows ever. Wow! And it's, it's effectively like you know Wink Murder that used to play in school. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's effectively a, a TV show just based around that, but it's absolutely mint because like everyone mm-hmm. tries to double cross everyone and double bluff, and it's just mint. The only thing I saw on that was didn't have a funeral or something. I, about? Oh, it was like, did someone actually die? I'm guessing not. Just it no. It's not like a Japanese game show. So basically, like, someone got poisoned. So basically, the, the game is there's X amount of traitors, and each night they'll try and kill someone off, and then they'll try and work out who the, the traitors are. So in, but in this case, they poisoned them, so the person, like, poisoned. Air, air quotations for, obviously, because it's, it's... I keep forgetting it's not a video. Anyways, um... They poisoned them, but that meant that they lived for the next day and then died at the end of the day. But then, basically, the person that got poisoned told everyone who it was that poisoned them. So, so they the basically made a TV show of Among Us. Yeah. Is that what that is? Game. Yeah, I was going to say Among yeah. Us, or even going back to Cluedo. Yeah, well, yeah, Cluedo as well. Is it Cluedo? Well, it's not exactly the same, but I'm saying going back even further. It's like people love that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Murder mystery, who done it? I'll tell you what, if you ever yeah. go, you have a chance to see the mouse trap. I get the Christie's mouse trap down in London, really good. Um, hi, yes, you gotta watch it in London, or is it? A, yeah, it's a, is it like the stage show? Longest running, <laughs> longest running uh, show in the West End. Uh, but, uh, no, that was like, a question on yeah. the chase, actually. Was it? Mm. Oh, you didn't like Bradley Walsh? I don't. He's annoying on that as well. Barry's a really nice guy. But anyway, oh, I've heard he's a wanker. Yes. Uh, yes, Joe, mate, what have you been uh, consuming? Sources. A lot of food. Uh, but now, like Chris, um, been into my open world games, I've finally got on the train of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. And I've been bashing through that in, oh my God, I could wax lyrical about that game for absolutely days, man. Like, I'm sure most of you have played it already. It's just such a stunning game. And the I just, what I love about it is that you can go away out and do stuff completely away from the main missions. And the world is so dynamic and there's things that go on, whether it's like people trying to rob you, whether it's like animals, like bears and stuff trying to get at you, or whether you just encounter random strangers and you have these little side quests. And there's so many things where, it's almost it's almost like completely down to you what happens like if you decide to give money to some beggar on the street that might give you a little tip off of some uh poker game that's happening that you can go and rob and all this kind of stuff and it's just i just i've never it's been so long since i played a game like that where you've got all these kind of amazing things you can do or even not do you can just go off and fish if you want to you just fuck everything off and go fish and it's great but no uh great game loving it um and yeah having a good time with it try not to rush through it because everyone that's played it has said tr- that rush you know try not to just smash through the main missions yeah just take your time and enjoy it so i'm doing that and it's and it's absolutely wonderful um nice and in terms of watching stuff i've st- since we um since we last had one of these i've started and finished what we do in the shadows have you guys yeah, seen it? I've, I've heard of it. The first season of that. Lads, uh, it's on Disney Plus, right? Honestly, it is so funny. It's, you know, Matt The Berry. film's supposed to be even better as well. There's a film that was not before the, the TV yeah. show, and it's supposed to be yeah, it's, absolutely it's diff- outstanding. 
yeah, it's I think it's like similar. Yeah, it's obviously similar premise, but um, no, it's it's fantastic. I mean, you'll you've probably seen loads of quotes from like Matt Berry, like New York City, and all that kind of stuff. Is he the Brilliant. one that was in the IT crowd? Yeah. Yes, I. I can't remember his oh, name in it, but he's he's really funny in that. Renan's you not recommend that? Renan, that's it, Renan. On one of these episodes? I think I, think I did. One I of the very I first ones. Is it about vampires? Well, there you go. Yeah, it's got vampires. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You, you, um, you, you recommended it, and I, I watched, oh, God, about 20 minutes of the first episode, then Wallace got bored, so I had to turn it off. Um, but I've now it, got back it, into it. It's a slow burn, I enjoyed it, it a bit. It, the whole show is absolutely like you've got to watch it from start to finish. Yeah, it yeah. ties it all up. It's one of them ones where you've got to so, sit and watch. Yeah, so for those who haven't seen it, it's the central premises. It's these four vampires that are on Staten Island in in New York City, and they were tasked originally to go over there, over to America, and try and take over America and turn them all into vampires. And obviously, that's not happened. But it's so funny. Um, Guillermo, who's one of the familiars, um, he's he wants to be a vampire so badly, but He's um yeah, there's just so many great characters. And there's one guy called Colin Robinson. He's not like a standard vampire, he's an energy vampire, and he feeds off literally boring people to sleep or boring people to death just through talking. And he has like this office job, this really boring office job, and he just goes around just and everyone knows someone like that. Everyone's got a Colin Robinson in their life, whether it's you want to get him family or guests on this podcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Wow. Well, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Um, well, I watched um, what's it called? Fool me once. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Joe has literally left. He's literally left. Um, I uh, I watched Fool me once. So we never binge anything, and it was once. I think it was a Saturday a couple of weeks ago. We watched the entire thing, like four or five in the morning. We went to bed on the on the Saturday night. What a load of tripe. Absolutely awful. Um, I wish. <laughs> um, no, like the first, I think the six or seven episodes and the first five are really good and then the last two are just, everyone was saying, oh, wait till you get to the end. The ending's class. It's not. It, I called it from the first episode. I knew exactly what was going on. It was, yeah. Uh, pe- people really like it. People have really, uh, really taken to it, but. I thought it was shite, if I'm being honest Is that with you. the, the um, one that's produced by the, the same, and he's got loads of Holland, series? Holland. Yeah, yeah. Holland. That's the one. And Michelle Keegan in it, which is, looks exactly the same. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And it's got the, the same Irish guy in it, I think. But I didn't realise all of his stuff, like, because I've, I've watched Safe, I think Stay Close is another one. Mm-hmm. And there's another one I've watched. I didn't realise that was all of his stuff until, like, it came up on Netflix, the Harland Corbin or whatever, Jeremy Corbin's collection or whatever. But um, I thought it was all right. Like the, the ending was a bit meh, but I enjoyed yeah. it as, as a whole. I thought it was quite a good watch. I've also been watching um, Ted, the TV show. Is that any good? like a prequel. I didn't know that was a it thing get, until like yesterday. It gets better. The first couple of episodes, I think the second mm. episode, they pretend to be some kid's dad. And it goes a bit too far, and you're just like, this isn't really that funny. But then the rest of them are Ted really good. Ted as in um, the, Wahlberg. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's right, it's okay. the prequel Seth, of when he was a kid. Seth MacFarlane. So basically, it's the like he's like 16, 17. Um, so he's just grown up with Ted. Um, yeah, oh. it was it was all right. I think they're doing a season two. If you've ever seen The Orville, which is by uh, Seth, not Seth Green, Seth, what's he called from uh, Family Guy? It did the uh, the oh, yeah? It's got loads of people from the Oval in it. So if you've ever seen that, which is like his Star Star Trek spoof, which was okay. Um, and then yeah, playing wise, uh, I got Spider Man Two. Been playing that really good. Is it very the first much one? The first one. Yes, and so it it's it's kind of like the first one, but obviously there's Spider Man and Miles Morales now, so you switch between the two. Right. So Spider Man's like... like getting taken over by Venom. And then Miles Morales is doing his bit, and then obviously I've, I haven't got I've that got far. The first it, but one. They do put them together. Yeah, I've got the first one, and I, I played on it a bit, but I found it very repetitive, like unbelievably repetitive. What I did with the first one was I came the story and didn't do any of the side missions, mm. and just followed this because the story People was really good. That, and I found that get... with the side missions, it was like go here, beat them up. Yeah. Oh look, there's someone else. Go there, yeah. beat them. Like it, that's what it was. But if you just do the story, it actually makes it harder as well because you don't level up as much. So. Like fighting, like the bosses or whatever. You're yeah, some people say that. 
the main story is only about 16 hours worth of content. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. people saying they weren't too happy yeah. with that. But... I love the first I love the first one. I love the Miles Morales and uh, this new one's just as good. Uh, right, should we move on to our topics today? So we've only got two topics today because uh, we're trying to keep these a bit shorter than normal. Uh, so the first one seems it's January, although there's not long left of January, but it is, believe it or not, the January transfer window period, although who would have thought it? There's been no incomings or outgoings or anything as of yet as a Newcastle fan. Um, but Hang we thought we'd go over... Hang on a second. Well, Let's Manquillo's left. Manquillo's left. There's been nobody of note who has left. Nobody who's featured. Isaac Hayden featured left and came back. Did he? I, I was listening to that on uh, Over Smiley Face. I didn't realise he went to Preston for like a day and then he's yeah, come he back. he already assigned, wasn't he? Then he came back. I didn't Did see he? any yeah. of that. It probably happened somewhere else not long ago. You, um, oh, must be in the Is that not Dwight Gill? Traveled... I remember Dwight, no, Dwight no, Gill went sure so Was it Forrest he was he going to go to? And he was actually there at the, the training facility. Then the deal fell through in the last minute as well. I think it was Forrest. I think Ian's I'm sure it was Forrest when before the season they, I think it was either the season before or the season they got promoted. Apologies, yeah. though, Scott. Get back to your bit before Rudy interrupts you because you <laughs> no, know right. about so, Javier Manquillo. What... <laughs> what we thought we'd do is we'd go through some memorable moments in past transfer windows or, because some of us are old enough to remember when there wasn't a transfer window, just past transfers um, that, that have stood out in our Newcastle lives. Um, and then the second scranny chatter uh, is all about winter warming foods because it's absolutely bottleneck outside. Everyone's freezing and what better than to talk about some nice, nice food to warm the cockles, as they say. Um, but we'll jump into the first topic, uh, as we always do, uh, and that is about transfers. Like I said earlier, the transfer window is open, and there's been no noticeable departures from Newcastle, apart from having Mankio. Um And uh, yeah, we uh, we thought we'd just reminisce on windows or transfers of past. So then, I'll pass it to you, Ian. I'll let you go first for this one. I know you go first with Scranny Chatter, but I'm, th- I'm throwing things up at season two oh, for changing. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You know what it is? It's probably the worst thing you could have done because I, I was thinking and thinking and there's not, there's I mean, there's the obvious ones, but I don't want to say what anyone else is going to say. So there's a few singular transfers that, that I want to, to talk about. The first one was Andy Carroll because I feel that a one that you made to Sean, and I don't want to spoil it, I didn't really have that in my era of of being a Newcastle supporter. So that Andy Carroll Liverpool, I remember I was in college um, and there was this like, this less than, how, how do I be politically correct about this? This less than academic guy was on my course and everyone used to just wind him up. Um, and they were like, oh yeah, Liverpool have bid 50 million, they've accepted it. And I thought it was just a bit of a, a piss take, but obviously it turned out to be correct and he, he went off to Liverpool. So that, that's literally... The only one that I think of that was really, really big um, in terms of outgoings. Um, the only the only one that I remember, because I was there, but I don't want to mention his name again, was Michael Owen, because that was like huge at the time. Um, I remember there was me and a couple of mates had went up, and I think it was pretty much all of the Leaser stand. I don't know if it was level seven, but I, I definitely know they opened the Leaser stand. Um and everyone was just waiting outside the stadium for him to come in. And then he signed um, and got presented to the crowd. And I'm sure he said, how are you the lads? And then robbed a living up for four years. I think what you, what you have to mention as well, Ian, with the Andy Carroll transfer is what happened after that as well in the dying minutes of the transfer window. It was alleged that Mike Ashley had his helicopter ready to go down to Fulham to collect, was it Ruiz that they had? Brian Rui, are the Costa Rican uh, guy. Oh, so yeah, I didn't know any of that. And apparently we'll, we'll put a late bid in for him and, and Ashley had dropped Carroll off in Liverpool and was en route to, to Liverpool, eh, to, to Fulham, to pick him up. That well, was a rumour. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just remember Peter Actually, and Wiggy driving about right, trying yeah. to get clubs to sign him. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, what a time to be alive. That, that, was the, that was the best thing on ever to do with any transfer deadline day. None of these like big, big signs. Peter and Wiggy just like tooling about trying to run clubs. Hmm. 
you will um, be watching too much Sky Sports News and thought that all business got done in uh, Harry Redknapp's car. <laughs> we thought, if I just drive around the car, Harry Redknapp will jump in eventually. He and loved that spotlight, it. didn't he? Oh, Let's 100%. Oh, he lived for it. Terrific player, terrific player. Um, just touching on, should I tell you what was really interesting? I know there's a kind of a side note, but it's still to do with transfers. On that um, Sunderland Till I Die documentary, like, because obviously the only experience the majority of people have with transfers is either on Football Manager or FIFA, and you don't really realise everything that goes into it. So I thought it was like from that perspective was really good insight of how like deadline day works. And then he's on about signing Ibrahimovic, which was a bit <laughs> rad. Why, but, uh, why do I see Ibrahimovic on the bottom of this list? <laughs> it must be unbelievably hard yeah. to actually negotiate and sign a player, let's be honest, because there's so many hurdles that you have to jump through and, and the player has so many parties and so many agents and family members these days mm-hmm. part of their entourage. And that's before you've even dealt with the club. And the club's demand. It must be so hard now compared to what it used to be. Well, it's funny. Um, I'm in the middle of watching season two of Welcome to Wrexham. And I remember in season one, they signed that Palmer lad. I'm not sure if it Ollie was... Palmer. Um, um, Ollie Palmer, yeah. And they really had to negotiate hard for him to come down. Because I think he was in... Was it League One? Was that the strike? League that? One, yeah. Or yeah. maybe Paul Mullen. Um, it was one of the two. But Paul yeah. Mullen, it, yeah, Paul it, Mullen. Maybe, yeah, maybe even both. Took a lot of negotiating to get them two to come to come down to National League. But then I've just watched the episode where they signed uh Ben Foster and the negotiations literally took about five minutes. Now, granted, that is a different set of circumstances where he came out yeah. of retirement. Yes, but the one was about how much he was getting paid and he, he was only going there for the money, but he actually came out and said, No, this is just because I wanted to help this club get up the league and stuff. So it all, yeah, it's interesting. It all entirely Depends on the character, on the agent, on different circumstances. But it's yeah, as as you said, Ian, it's really interesting seeing that behind the scenes thing and how much stress is actually involved. You realise this is you know it's a business transaction. It's people. Wait, <clears throat> even on the uh, the Newcastle documentary, the the whole Anthony Gordon deal, Anthony like Gordon. how how stressed people were about that. And um, oops, Scott got up and left. Everyone that isn't watching because it's again audio only that I keep forgetting. Letting the dog, um, letting the dog in. I think at that point, Ian, you're probably not supposed to say anything because we're having a conversation between ourselves. Then he can come back seamlessly. I can't process Like If only there was something in my head that would like stop us from saying stuff, be great. But um, I, the whole thing with Anthony Gordon, like you've seen how stressed Amanda Stavely was and that like clubs were bluffing. And so like from that perspective, like, and I get like people get frustrated, oh, there's been no transfers and stuff. But like I said, to at the start of this little speech thing that because most people's experience of transfers is on a computer game and it's like literally nothing like that in real life i was just gonna say no i think like you say and with um with a lot of people working on footy manager you don't really appreciate a lot of the time it's like the personal touch and the personal relationship that you have with either the manager or the owners and in the player it, it does carry a lot of weight it does so that's all i was gonna say anyway well, what I was going to say before before Joe rudely interrupted, no, I'm joking. Um, Chrissy said it was it's probably harder than it ever has been. I would say it's probably a bit easier because you've got like mobile phones, you've got instant access to people. It's not like you're waiting yeah, for a fax to come through. Just a fax, man. The negotiations. Uh, well, even before fax, how did they do it? That the drivers on the phone, where they need just to on be? a landline, just on a line, like you have a conversation. Say, how much are you going to sell this player for? And they go, this amount. And they go, right, okay, we'll fax a PR work over, send them up. Like, there's, there's I might so be many naive here as well. Involved we would never say nothing to Gordon about the case. Stavely's literally in the back of a car going, right, we'll get we'll get Gordon if he's available. Of course. Like, that, those happen. sort of deals wouldn't have happened. How anyway. do fax machines even work? Oh, this is a different podcast. Wow. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Oh, funnily enough, I was on about <laughs> this the other day. As well. it's, it's, one, it's of mates mams, one of my mates' mams had it, but no one else, probably in Wall's End or even in Newcastle, had a fax I had machine. A, I had a fax machine. So, Did my you... dad my dad worked in Ghana, so he was away for just over a month at a time. Um, and the only way of communicating was the odd telephone call. But fax, so him and and Mrs. Wallace of probably be sending like dirty, dirty messages to each other via fax. <laughs> Faxing. <laughs> but yeah, I had a fax machine. Yeah, it was the loudest yeah. thing in the world. Like, but yeah, I had one. 
Oh, well, if you ever if you ever received a fax and you picked up the telephone, it sounded like a you know like an old modem. In that dial-up, yeah. Yeah, just an old dial-up. That's how it all sound. Anyway, Joe, mate, let's come to you next. Memorable transfer experiences or events that happened. So I was going through a few of them over the last like what 10 12 years or so and there's two that stand out for me one of them is obviously the french window that we had the january french window and i'm gonna challenge you lads to name all five Ooh, i think i french might be able to do it. i think i could potentially do it as well johan gufran yep sosogo hidora yep debushi yep and I want to say Henry Sive. No, it would have been Marvel. No, I don't think Marvel went, went in that window. I think have you not got was, the answers, Joe? Are you just asking us questions? No, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I do. I do. I, do. Like, I don't think it was Marvel. It's like you've got the answers. Hang on, somebody's screaming at us now. No, it so wasn't. We've got Gufran, Suzogo, Debushi, Hedora, and. Uh-huh. Was the other one French? Give with it, of course it was. Yes, wasn't it? Was that in my position? Uh, centre back. Mbiwa. Young Mbiwa. Yeah. Then we had French Day, didn't we? Yeah, against Southampton. One four two. The more I look back on French Day, it's the most embarrassing thing ever. Like I loved it at the time, right? I absolutely loved it. I had can can girls and everything on the pitch. It was so dramatic. All right. Was that when Cece scored that absolutely beautiful volley, which was definitely offside because Gutierrez didn't get ahead on it? No, because the ball floated down, wasn't it? And then um, I think, no, hang on. Yeah, I think it was a case of if Gutierrez had touched it, then Cece would have been offside and thought he might have touched it. But anyway, it was a goal, just won it off the crossbar and in. I just remember the photos from, from when we signed those players because it was snowing, wasn't it? Mm. And all the photos were those like glashing down yeah, yeah. behind them. Yeah, I had them half, half and half kits, didn't they? The half France, one half. Ah, I did. Yeah, and people. I mean, we'll put effort in. I'll give us that. With, like, with berries and, and that. garlic, like, real eye. Doing, man, but uh, <laughs> that kid, what was he called? That I don't even remember his name. That, but that kid had painted his face and a French flag and that. Who you never see mm. anymore? But I forgot his name. Um. It's just a weird day, like a really weird mm. day. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't learn. We just kept kept going for that French market, didn't we? It seems mm. like uh, yeah, French I'm not being funny, mate. Before that, we had the likes of Kabai, Hatton Ben Arthur, and that. And I think I think Marvel was 2011-12 season. Maybe, so yeah. you know, we had some decent buys from there. It's not like we're completely. Uh, you know, it's completely awful, but yeah. We didn't we didn't also to... sign, I know he's not French, but didn't we also sign Kassapa from Lyon? And he was absolutely atrocious. Oh, I don't know. What was that? In that same window? No, not in the same window. <laughs> that was like <laughs> 2006 <laughs> nah, or something. You would, you would have been about 80 at that point. And actually, there's, there's one more um, summer transfer window that I wanted to talk about because I was looking at uh, the incomings in... Despite the fact that we got relegated that season, the summer window going into the 15-16 season was actually like quite decent. We've got Wijnaldum, yep. Mitro, mm-hmm. Ivan Tony, and Chancellor Mbemba. And when you think so, about yeah. that spine, that's actually like... And obviously, I appreciate Ivan Tony was you know, a, a young lad at the time. But I remember that first game against uh, Southampton. I think we, did, we draw 2-2. 2-2 it was, and, yeah. yeah. Aye. And I think Obertan scored that game. Or he assisted. One of the two. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know what, we're going to have a good season here. And we did show glimpses of it early on, but Steve McLaren did Steve McLaren. And that's, that's what Rafa I was going to mention. So I think that transfer window leading into that season was unbelievable. But when we signed, I think did we sign um, Mbewa first before Mitrovic? I can't remember. Was that way or the other way around? Because they both came from and elect, didn't they? Um, yeah. And, and I was mm. really excited for that upcoming season. I thought, we are we are going to have yeah. steamroll teams, yeah, with these players. And like you said, that, that mm. Southampton game, eh, sorry, yeah, well, Southampton, even though it was 2-2, we battered them that game. We done did. really well. Did. Then after that game, it just dropped. Like, everything just seemed to to, to, to even out, really, after that, that's such mm. a great start. But, like, when we got Mertovic and Bemba, like, I, I thought those would be two 
top players for us. And, and do you know what it is? I, I love Mitch Richard. Like I know he, he probably cuts the fan base right down the middle. Like, but I love mm. Mitch Romay. Like I, I think when you think, think of Mitrovic, like, maybe two career, years yeah. too soon. I think probably I, had he went somewhere else in the week, still had a lot. We would have got like the full of Mitrovic. Yeah. When you look at what Mitro brings, I mean. I know I appreciate we had the likes of Demba Bob, but he was probably the closest thing to Alan Shearer since he since he retired in terms of that you know tall, strong, old fashioned centre forward that yeah. is not fit to be a yeah be a bit of a shit house. Um, if but was, it just was it just didn't work, 90s. and it was really unfortunate. <laughs> if Meat Rose was a player in the nineties, he would yeah. he would have yeah. steamrolled teams like yeah. because. He loved to throw and, his elbow uh, in and just leave a challenge in, like Shearer. Well, that exactly same. That Southampton game, he came on off the bench and he was nearly sent off like two minutes later, didn't he? Just was it like someone was just elbow in or something? Like clothesline and someone. <laughs> he got <laughs> sent off yeah. against Arsenal in his first Arsenal, game. Arsenal, yeah. I'm sure it was something like that. Yeah. We kind of yeah. knew then we had a player on our hands. Chris, mate. Mm-hmm. I think French Day has already been taken. I think <laughs> so. What's your uh, what's your memories of transfers? Do you know what it is? Um, I, I don't have many memories for like like growing up the transfer window. Well, because there wasn't transfer window to be fair, so it's it's really hard to look at it. I just the one which sticks out in my mind, and and it's I'm gonna put it on a bit of a downer to be fair, is the whole Kabai saga mm-hmm. that that crippled me like because yep. Kabai was was an outstanding player, and the fact that he mm-hmm. refused to get on the team bus to play, I think it was was it Man City away that first game wasn't um, it? Yeah. Mm. He just refused to play, and I, at that point, I thought, oh, "Mate, there's, there's ways that you, that you deal with this, especially if if you obviously you, you've got top clubs coming in for you, which which I appreciated. Of course, I did. Um, you went to PSG from us, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's and then right. Palace. Yeah. So you're going back to France. You're going to a powerhouse in France, the the best you can get in, in the French league, and and I, I got it, but I just I, I just was a bit devastated the way that it happened, but. Having said that, it was very similar how we've signed a lot of, of French players as well, um, where, where they've just refused to, to play for the team, and that's how we get them. And so I just, just was wasn't a bit it, disheartened by it. Wasn't it Arsenal, though, who were in for him? And they were the ones tapping him up, yeah. and that's why he didn't play. Yeah. And then yeah. he didn't actually go in for him. Yeah. And then he, he was kind of like, oh, where am I going to go? And luckily PSG came around. Didn't um, Enzogbia did the same thing, didn't he? He was like, I want to go to a better side. I want to go to a, a bigger club. And Didn't he go to Wigan? Went to Villa, yeah, he went to didn't Wigan. he? No, he, no, he, he went to Wigan because we didn't Wigan. we get Ryan Taylor in like an exchange deal? Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Ryan Taylor, um, in an exchange deal. So there's a story about that. Like, uh, Zogbia went to Wigan and, and Taylor was on the team bus playing for Wigan heading to a game. Then they stopped the coach and they said, oh, Ryan, you're off to Newcastle. Then his agent picked him off, off the coach, yeah. off the motorway, then drove to Newcastle. <laughs> Amazing. It's crazy, isn't it? Mental. Well, for what me, there's a few. There's a few memorable transfers. Um, before the windows, uh, obviously, I think we've all, well, we've all lived through Decker's memories of Andy Cole being sold, and and I'm the same. Like, I think I, I shared the story in our WhatsApp group the other day, but I remember coming out of school and my grandma was there at the gates waiting to pick us up, which never happened. Like, I used to always walk home by then, and I thought something bad had happened, and. Obviously, when she told us, <laughs> found out it was Gandhi Cole being sold. And back then, there was no internet, so there was nothing you could really check. I didn't think Teletext had updated to check it on there. We had to wait for the six o'clock edition of the Chronicle to be printed and delivered so that the we could the three get dots on the top. Yeah, them, the three dots on the top, the evening yeah. edition. Um, and it was all over there. And then, obviously, the news, Northeast News came on, and it was all over there. And um, yeah, I think everyone cried a little bit that night. Um, but that led to probably the the next biggest transfer, well, probably the biggest transfer in, in that time of for our club, and that was obviously Alan Shearer coming in. I remember being at St James's when he did sign in that crowd, uh, bunking off. I think we're bunking off school. I think my uncle just picked us up and took us down. I can't remember if it was a what day it was, but I remember going down and just being there was something special. Um, do, you, do you think that would ever happen again? Do you know, obviously we've done it with, with Michael Owen, and Michael Owen's probably the last player that we deal with. Do you think that'll ever happen again when we were signing like a super player? player? Unless, unless yeah. we get like an absolute world superstar. Because you don't really see it's, how many clubs apart nah. from the likes of the, the Spanish. It, in Spanish, yeah. Spanish, in the Spanish, yeah. The Turkish teams, you see it. Yeah. But didn't, um, we there was that one, was it Dybala when he signed for Roma? And he's like on the top of this hill and it's just thousands and thousands of people yeah. just like 
old Chernum. That was be hell or something. There was um, yeah, that would get you going, wouldn't it? The other one I, I remember, there was maybe about fifty people, maybe less than that, was over Femi Martins. So when we signed him, mm. there was about you know where sort of the press area is just above the the dugout. So there was a, maybe about I don't know. I reckon maybe it's about 30 people or something. Like me and my mate went up. Um, but yeah, you never really see like English teams do that. I think the last time we've saw anything like that was when Bobby Robson signed. When Bobby mm-hmm. Robson joined, there was the same thing outside the stadium, wasn't there? Um, and then the other one I can remember see, is well, Tino. When, when Tino signed yeah. Aspria, and he's in his big like John Martin co because it's pissing down with snow. He's come from Colombia. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. So, Scott, like, obviously, and this isn't a dig at your age because you're not that much older than this, but obviously you have clearer memories from being younger. How did the, like, transfer window, could you just all season sign players? Yeah, pretty uh, much. Whenever you, whenever you need to buy or sell someone, you could... It would, just it do it any time. Um, I mean, I was young at the time, so I don't know the full ins and outs of it. But, uh, yeah, it was just, you could literally, like, say if... You know, Callum Wilson got injured, or let's not let's put a ban on that. Yeah, if Callum Wilson got injured for the rest of the season, <laughs> you could just go out and buy a striker the next week or the next day and like bring them in. Uh, obviously, clubs had to sell, and players had nowhere near as much power as they did this, like like they do now, or even in the last twenty years. So, like some of the players were told, "Look, you're going, whether you like it or not," and they didn't have a say in it, whether they had a contract or not. Like it just you went. Um, but it was for no one near the amount of money that you get these mm. these days. Um, obviously, you know, Shearer was only or 15, 16 million. Um, was that world record transfer? That was a, that was a, mm-hmm. is it world record or was it UK? It was no, it was world, world record. record. Yeah, that's the time. mental. That mm, world record, then everything. I think after that Shearer transfer, everything just started going through the roof after that. Yeah, well, from what I remember, but that's probably obviously because I only showed interest at well, that point. Uh, I mean, do you remember how <laughs> yeah. long? It's crazy when you think how long um, Ronaldo held that eighty million world record for, considering the fees banning around nowadays. Hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I think was it ne- was it Neymar? Oh no, it was Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale when he went to Real Madrid, that's when he broke the yeah. record. That was back in what twenty thirteen or something. So, Did Rio Ferdinand have it for a while when he went from he to, was, uh, the was he the expensive defender or something? Most like expensive defender. defender. Yeah, yeah. Most expensive defender. And speaking of Ronaldo, and this is this is like it's not a transfer rumor that never happened, but in the Metro Center there was a shop called Florida Print. Still and there. it used to be upstairs where the whiskey shop is, on the on that corner next to opposite House of Fraser, upstairs. And they had a Newcastle shirt outside on a dummy with Ronaldo nine on the back of the shirt. And that started like so many people thinking that we were signing actually like R9 Ronaldo back then. Because we were at that point where that wouldn't seem that crazy. Like we we probably could sign him, but he would be, you know, miles ahead of everyone else that we signed. But either had it out on for like two, three weeks and then I think they had to take it down because people were, people were then going in the shop getting Ronaldo 9 on the back of that Newcastle tops, which you can't really be it was around back then. Well, it would have been down and up within seconds. Uh, it would have been much better, though, because because one of the things I hate about the transfer window now is, is all these these ITKs and, and uh, these, these kids that start up a, a social media account and just fill people with all that bullshit. And what noise is even more so? The people that believe them. Absolutely blows my mind how people are falling for, for these things. I, like it's, 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 the, crazy, it's the people it? who message them and go, Have you got any tips? Any, What's going on here? Who's a any source, yeah, it's mental, different, absolutely different, mental. yeah. Blue, blue ticks, can I trust them? And then they stopped, uh, they stopped on deadline day, stopped present as present outside the stadiums, which had public access because <laughs> all, all the, all the yeah, presenters had dildos on their heads. <laughs> was that Stoke, wasn't it? Was that the Stoke? Yeah, Stoke. Aye, yeah, they do well, it for everyone. That, that's me, that, that's Prime Barkley, sir. It was outstanding. When football peaked. I'm just trying to think. There's any yeah. other transfers that, that, that jump out to us from, from modern day. Um, one one for me. Sorry, can I? One for me oh, okay, was yeah. um, Denver Bar to Chelsea. That because that to me yeah. was just a real. Oh, I was a bit of a negative now actually, but it's a real. It was a real crusher because it made me think like we 
can't hold on to any player that just goes above that low glass ceiling. You know, as soon as anyone has any kind of quality. I mean, I appreciate he had a 30 million buyout clause and Chelsea yeah. had it, but it was the fact that he barely even played for them as well. And then you had uh, Remy. We've got Remy well, as well. Remy and then uh, he went to QPR. Yeah, it was QPR first, yeah. wasn't it? And then yeah, we well, got him on loan. Us, though, Joe. Like, and then he was supposed to be Chelsea. coming to us. He was supposed yeah. to be he was. Uh, he was, flying to, he was. to London and then meeting our officials, but no, he had uh, double bluff, we were like. Yeah. <laughs> and he went well, that was, that was when QPR had just yeah. been taken over, hadn't it? And everyone thought mm. they were going to be the next yeah. Chelsea. The same Julio Cesar in goal. Was it Chris Sambar as well? Did he score? Yeah, yeah. Rio Ferdinand as well. Didn't he? Didn't yeah. he like pretty much retire um, there? Or was I mean, it Anton Ferdinand? I know Anton was there. I'm not sure if Rio was there. I don't. I think Rio I was there Rio as a was kid. A like, didn't he start his career at QPR and then moved elsewhere? I remember seeing him. I was Anton. Sure. I don't, I don't know, know if you. It might be a behind the scenes thing, but I kind of anyway, believe no yeah. one's mentioned the return of Andy Carroll on the last day of the transfer window. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, I was when he just I was, rocked oh. up in his, in his 4 by 4 and Bruce was like, oh yeah, we're signed, we're signed Andy Carroll. So I've got, I've got a story about that. Um, so we'll May, be about Bruce Bestie and Adam were in Manchester on that day because we were recording the first episode of The Overlap with Gary Neville. Oh, yeah. um, and we're in there and and we're just, obviously in the WhatsApp group, we were saying, oh, we're, we're signing Andy Carroll, he's coming back. And I was talking to, to Gary Neville because we're just about record. And um, you see, anybody got any news for a transfer? Because obviously, it was a, the transfer window at that point. And we go, oh, well, apparently, we're signing Andy Carroll. And he just started laughing his head off. Is he, nah, you aren't, you aren't. And as he, I swear to God, uh, Andy Carroll's come back to Newcastle. You know, make Ashley zero hours contract. Oh, Is that real right? food? Real oh, food. yeah. Got a QPR. Yeah. Yeah, really for those listening, well, for everyone, because it is an audio podcast, <laughs> Joe's just held up a screen of his phone with their Rio Ferdinand and the QPR top. So 2014, yeah. So. 2014. And a free transfer. Well, just top. like all good transfer windows, they do have to slam shut. And I will slam this topic shut and we'll move on to the next one. Um, it's a bit cold out, lads. It's 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 jumper season. If you saw the last match preview that we did, which... Uh, Joe and Daryl were both in the, the, the winter bests, um, both done up to the, the woolly nines. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, food, as we always do in Scranny Chatter. And this is going to be those winter meals that just warm the cockles, that just get you nice and warm for a, a nice relaxing evening in front of the fire, playing chess or whatever you want to do in front of the fire. I don't know. Um <laughs> Watching Netflix. It's a very eloquent in your, your billiard room. Trying with to your moose, with your moose heads, we we're from Walls End and, and various other areas of of quite uh, financial stricken parts of the UK. But there's well, no way if we're, you're in the we're kitchen playing with your chess. Moose knuckle, then that's different. But Ian, yes, I know I said I'm changing it up, but it's scranny chatter. I can't not come to you first. And Chris yeah, has walked this, away. This so this is what the people I don't want. Know if it's in disgust, or if he's just not if he's coming back or not. But anyway, um, <laughs> trying to get his garlic sauce. Um, winter warming foods. <laughs> winter my foods. So, as regular listeners of Canny Chatter slash Scranny Chatter, because I know this is the big driver for everyone, they will know that I am particularly fussy when it comes to, to food. Um, so, your, your standards like beef stews and mince and dumplings, I could take it or leave it. So, there's two things that I want to to talk about first of which is a lovely steak pie so my mom used to my mom knocks the shit out of making a pie like whether it's short crust or a puff pastry that chicken one's really good but steak and ale pie with chips or with mash is unbelievable but the the winter warmer the comfort food that i like is quite a symbol so roast chicken like if you were going to make like a proper chicken dinner um, roast it in the bag oh, I'm roasting in the bag in the oven um, and then like just cut that off with stuffing and gravy as a, like in a baguette and just dip dip your baguette in the gravy so if you started making them with um, just before Christmas with roast taties absolutely like phenomenal like and we've done with like with death row meal I think that would possibly be a contender for being on my death row meal because it was just unbelievable 
So yeah, me. Such uh, a shit choice for a death Romeo, by the way. I, this is how good it is. So I, I completely agree. Like a chicken sandwich, you just like oh, wait, go to go to Sainsbury's and get one. But like the the warm baguette, put a bit of butter on it, melt it in. Really, really nice, juicy chicken. Slap loads of stuffing on, but you crisp up the stuffing as well, so it's not like the don't just like add the boiling water and mix it in. You put it in the oven a bit, get it a bit of crisp, and then you can, if you want, put some roasties in. It's up to you. That's the beauty of this sandwich. And then just get a pot of gravy to dip it in, but like proper gravy, so like from the the chicken juices, none none of this bisto shite. But um, I am just eat packet stuffing, but you won't eat packet gravy. Uh, standards, yes, the standards there, <laughs> correct. Um, no, because the, the gravy makes it because obviously you've got all the juices from the chicken and then you blend it with the carrots that you, you cook it with and stuff. Um, but yeah, just a nice, simple, like, big chicken baguette. I say, like, it's not like this, but it's like a good foot long plus chicken baguette. So that's my nice winter warmer. Well. You mentioned stew and you said you don't like stew. I'm a, I'm a stickler for a good beef stew. Like, I do like beef mm. stew with dumplings and, you know, potatoes, carrots, all that. That's a good winter warmer. But we've started to get a lot of ramen, and ramen's really good for warming you up. Um, it's a pain to eat. You've got to eat it pretty quick because obviously you've got noodles and chopsticks and that. They don't really go together. But uh, uh, nothing better than a bit of ramen, a bit of miso, miso soup. Uh, kind of go wrong. Um, I know Joe, you're a fan of soups, but I'm I'm not particularly. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. to soup, I'd, I'd rather just have a drink, to be honest, because I, I, that's how I feel. Soup, it's just isn't one. Um, but you know what? You, you a roast dinner, mm. a roast dinner for me is is the perfect kind of warm up food, especially with a nice warm crumble afterwards with custard on and, and all that. I think that's uh, that's definitely one to to set you up for a good Sunday. Um, Chris, mate. Hello. You're looking a bit lost. <laughs> um, no, What's I your winter warm food? So. <laughs> Garlic bread special. Yeah, yeah just wanted a bit <laughs> sexual when they talk about food, didn't we? Um, <laughs> I've I've got two. Um, so I, I don't think you can be a good old sausage and mash. Love oh, and of mash. course, yeah. Um, course. It, yeah. It's the best. Um, do you know what it is? I don't even mind microwave mash either. It's quite nice these days from a supermarket. Um, well, like smash or the actual like either. I don't mind smash. I don't mind that either. Take it all. Um, but I love that. But there is a pub just around the corner from mine called the Grey Hen, and they do Yorkshire pudding wraps, and they oh. are the best. Like it's unbelievable. Like a turkey and stuffing and roasties in this wrap. Then you get even more roasties on the side and a big pot and big gravy boat as well. It is. Unbelievable. That's not nice. too dissimilar from my chicken sandwich. Well, Just I'm not in New York. But, but it's uh, in New fair York enough. That's that's good. Did, uh, it was. It used to just be a thing like at Christmas markets, didn't it? And then then they really started to take off, and places did them. Yeah, well, they're unbelievable. Like I, I would prefer a, a, like sort of a Yorkshire pudding wrap to a Sunday dinner because I'm not a huge. Mm. I know. I know you might be fooled by this physique and this body, but I'm not a. Big fan of vegetables. Don't really like them. Kind of get away with them. <laughs> um, hence, hence these tits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I found the title um, so for this episode. Always <laughs> go with Yorkshire <laughs> I love them. Would you put any you extra condiments on it, like cranberry sauce or anything, or would you just go just gravy? Straight in that boat. Horseradish. Got a horseradish in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to make Christ. a quick honourable oh, honourable mention. Um, when you're out in town and it's freezing mm. cold, there's no better than just getting a, a steaming hot Greg sausage roll or a pasta or something just to one warm your hands I up and then disagree. Warm yourself. I disagree up. because everybody's mouth would end up like Eames. Wow. <laughs> Burn the roof of your mouth. Oh right, I thought you meant like because I've had like got six chins or something. I was like, that's a bit fucking harsh. Not that <laughs> fat. <laughs> No, Greg's like <laughs> yes, I, I like Greg's, but there's there's no medium. Like Aye. it's either too hot or it's too cold. You never get in between ever. And cold's the worst, and that means you've got to then heat it up. And it just for me, if you put like a a, a Greg's pasture as a stroll in the microwave, it just like goes all like soggy. Soggy. 
So mm. You know what you do? Oh. You put them in the air fryer. Wait, I've got one. So I'm, next time yeah. I need to heat up my pastries. Get the fuel zone on the go. You're, you're laughing. Fuel me. Smash door. Oh, yeah. No, I've got a story about. I've got a story about smash to back your point up. Someone I used to know was a chef at a restaurant. And one day they quite literally ran out of mashed potato. And they got someone to run down to the local Aldi or whatever and just pick up as many smash, as much smash as they could. Uh, and they had, and apparently they had never had as many compliments about the potatoes as they no had. In customers not was that day. They were literally saying compliments to the chef. The potatoes were stunning. And this was a proper... Yeah, really it's nice sma- restaurant. It's as smashed well. like and... the powdered stuff, and you add yeah. milk to it. Yeah. So how how does yeah. that even make potato? It's powdered potato. So it but is. It I... doesn't make potato. It is potato. And then <laughs> when you when you, when you put milk together. in, this special uh, tiny right, powder. So... <laughs> it's not like but some magic. It's some magic body. powder they found. It's not flour that they just go for. I'm just water. thinking that, like you know, like birds is like um custard powder like i just like, assumed it would just like turn it into that consistency i kind of agree with chris on like the microwave ones where you like you pierce the lid and yeah. the, uh root mash as well that's really good nice i like it i like Ooh, a bit yeah. of root mash hmm. joe do you actually have a winter food or are you just going to talk about smash <laughs> she went a warmer. Oh, I know, I know what his is going to be, and I've I'll got, let you. Well, see, I'll let you see your spiel right. about one of your picks, and then I'll tell you exactly why you're wrong. <laughs> Mate. 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 <laughs> no, we're not on FIFA. <laughs> Aye, so Ian and I were having this uh, debate. We'll say earlier today because I'm a, I'm a massive fan of soups. Any kind of soup, uh, uh, tomato soup, vegetable soup, I absolutely adore a butternut squash soup. And I see some shaking heads here. They're all shaking. It's, it's very Tory butternut uh, squash soup. Butternut squash soup is absolutely lush. I bet you don't right, even get don't sliced know, bread with it. it. You'd be dipping a big um, in that and as also, well, you? Uh, are you, by the way, <laughs> a granary loaf. I will be. Like, a granary you, loaf. You, you seem like the type of person, if, if I've got some soup, right? I would get just a slice sourdough. of bread and just rip it and just chuck sourdough. it in. Mm-hmm. You've got to get you like Joe. I'm partial to any kind of bread, mate. I don't discriminate. So this <laughs> this is why soup is the worst because it's only good if you've got like loads of layers of bread and butter, like absolutely like caked on and butter. As soon as you oh, rub, run out of that bread, it then just becomes absolutely wrong. shit. And do you do you go like chunky soup or do you go like cream of soup? I like cream. Well, cream of soup really, but actually both. It depends. So then that's even worse. Then there's nothing substantial. Like like Scott said, you might as well just get a. I'm not saying it. I I'm not saying it's like my main meal. Like, but I'm just saying it's a nice little you know winter warmer. It's a nice little. Can I ask a question? When you buy soup, do you buy it in a tin or does it? Is it one of them posh bag things that you buy your soup in? You can get posh bags posh of soup. Bag. I don't know what you're talking about. You get like a, like a pouch of soup. <laughs> like a pouch of soup, soup, not a bag. Powdered soup? Yeah, but what do you think cup of soup is? Powdered soup? There you are. How do the croutons yeah. in the cup of soups go cr- croutony? <laughs> how does it stay crunchy? Yeah, like, just, <laughs> like, how, how does that happen? So you've explained away smashed potato. I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand how that works. How so? How does when you're adding water to a powder? How does that crouton stay crunchy? What's it do with the atoms? It sounded like I knew. It's about the. It's all to do with the electrons. I've no idea. But we'll um, have to write to Mister Bachelor and no. find out. But yes, soups just yeah. uh, chicken noodle soup. I can get uh, away with that. I, I, uh, to be fair, to be fair, I went to um, a Vietnamese Vietnamese place uh, the other day and had a curry noodle soup with pho, and it was absolutely with phenomenal. what? With what? So pho. with pho. pho. What's pho? With pho. For f- pho. French bread. It's like a type of noodle. It's a type of noodle. This is the Vietnamese noodle. Yeah, I, I do know what is it. Yeah, sure. That me and Ian are now people of the world. Yeah, like <laughs> nope. <laughs> We're both in a what? 
Is that what it's just called? It's, called, it's pronounced for. It's it's P H O, isn't it? It's it's also pronounced as fall. It's it's, it's yeah, a noodle. Foot, it's, it's a type of noodle. But it's how the Tories say it. Uh, is it? I just thought I was. I have no idea. I'm gonna say I mean, now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask somebody else's question. Robert, right. do you know what foot is? Like, <laughs> give us it in a sentence. I had some ramen with foot. <laughs> so Joe had some ramen with foot and elderflower cordial. No, no, no. no She's no. doing the same thing as what I did. <laughs> what is it? Foot. No, but what what is foot? Bottom from a letter. Is it the type of noodle? It's a type of noodle. It's a type of noodle. Yeah. Nah, must be just be posh. But you had you had a, a but you had a curry noodle. You said you had a curried noodle soup with pho. So that implies to me that pho is is not a noodle because you've already no, mentioned the noodle aspect. Of that. You have a pasta, but it's like no. I said I said I soup with pho in it, which is a type of noodle. Ah, right. Fair enough. It's also the sound that I make when I don't clench my cheeks and, when I yeah. fart. Right. Can I can I move on oh. or are you just gonna keep bullying me? <laughs> I mean you're the well, one Darryl, that eats Tory yeah, food. Got bully, so. <laughs> uh, trash that's true. Uh, With your I was quinoa. just gonna say as well, but you like quinoa as well, don't you? Kale. I bet he has kale soup. Nah. El- elderberry cordial from Waitrose. That's where you go, isn't it? I'd rot that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not a chance. Go, sorry, a carry, chance, carry on, Joe. What's the other dishes yes. that you like? Um, what was late this one? Right, I'm going to move this. I'm, I'm going to move this conversation on. It better yeah. not be like yeah. most pheasant and um, or something. Uh, I was going to say any anything. No, mate. I was just going to say any any kind of like meat that's in a slow uh, beef brisket or uh, ragu or anything like that. It's really. Oh, I feel bad yeah, now. I feel like you don't want to. You, know. you don't want to like showcase <laughs> that the the winter warmers at you, like because we've absolutely crippled your fur. Just say mince and dumplings. That's by the way. I am steady. really partial for just like sausage and mash. I love oh, mince and dumplings, but it's, it's venison sausage <laughs> <laughs> with and a with a, a red wine jus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should leave I'm it there oh before God, Joe before Joe walks out before he cries crying. So, <laughs> walk out again to wrap this one up I thought we'd do something a little bit different uh, glasses Christmas, audio only. oh yeah this is I the surprise thing isn't it I got a little book of Newcastle United quotes for Christmas off me granny bless her uh, she always buys oh. us like these random things from I think it's like from the back page or whatever the the, the shop's called. So what I thought I'd do, I'm going to flick through this and stop on a random page. I'm going to read out a quote from a famous person about Newcastle, and I want you to let me know if you can tell me who said the quote. So, so this is really be Do they not have to be like a player or a manager? Could just be a famous person? Well, most of these are players and managers. Yeah. All right. Okay. And and I'll not pick like there is one from Yuri Geller. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a quote from Yuri Geller. Um, oh, he done it for the FA Cup, didn't he? For the, the spoons and that. He did, hi. Um, so here we go. First one. The circus came to town, but the lions and tigers didn't turn up. Joking here. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's not joking here. Uh, Joe, do you, do you have any ideas? Do you want it again? Sorry, say it again. The circus came to town. The circus but... came to town, but the lions and the tigers didn't turn up. I'm not going to let have too much like dead air on this because it is a podcast. It is a Keegan quote. It's Kevin Keegan uh, after losing Keegan. at Old Trafford in December '95. Sorry, Kev. Uh, I think we just said joking here. <laughs> my other one was my other <laughs> guest was Nigel Pearson, which isn't much better. Right, next one. We'll do three of these and then we'll wrap it up. The best stadium in England and the best atmosphere in the Premier League when we play at our home, it's like playing with 12, always. The support is fantastic. It's very hard to play against us here with our fans so close to the pitch. This is from a current player to give you a... current player? Oh. current player. current player. Oh. um, Trivia. Isak. Bruno? Yep. Yes, um, Bruno Guimaraes, happy to be a magpie. October. Was it, Bruno, was it? Was it? Was it in that? In, was it in, in the interview that he had? 
It must have been in uh, well, it'd be in a one. No way get quotes from to be fair, Joe. <laughs> no, he just texts. He texts Scottish. No, no, no. I got it. I got it by a man. Interview with Joe wearing the retro shirts, the, the recent one that he did. Well, no, because that book was for Christmas. That interview was only last week. <laughs> Joe, you're having a mess. So, last one. Um, he's got the cash to invest with his contacts abroad. He'll make Newcastle well known. We'll win things under him, and we'll also get a global perspective. He's a very nice fellow. That is one person speaking about another person. Oh, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you want to get involved, you can't do it. That was more when I said he was in there. Shepherd. About Mike. Is this Freddie Shepard? No. Oh. Uh, it's someone. Is it someone speaking about Mike Ashley? Someone about Graham Carr. No, oh. it is about Mike Ashley. Yeah, it's about Mike Ashley. Alan, uh, Alan Pardew. Shepard, Chris. Sir John Hall. John Hall. Yeah, that was Sir John Hall on Mike Ashley John Hall. as he yeah. took over the oh, wait, John. And you I know I said did, the last one. Uh, Do diligence. There's one more which I don't think you're going to get. Uh, it's how are the lads? Nicky uh, Almiron. No. Ah, oh, we've was, got a similar thought process. How that was Anton Deck on Saturday night takeaway of the, the night of the cup final. Uh, so there you go. I just thought it'd be something a little bit different, uh, um, just to wrap things up a bit. Um, but we'll call that a day for this episode of Canny Chatter. We might be back. We might not. It depends if Joe ever comes back or if Chris ever lets us do this again. Um, but if you have enjoyed listening, Please just uh, give us a five-star rating on your podcast consumption app of choice. Um, I've been Scott. I've been your host. And thanks to Joe. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Ian. We'll see you all in the next one. Have a good one. Bye. Podcast Network.